Sentire Media Right there, podcasters. Thank you so much for downloading another one. Here we go on the 3rd of December. My name is Jason. To my right is Ashley. We sit next to the beautiful Christmas tree, all decorated and ready to go here at La Tavola Marche, an agriturismo cooking school in Piovico, Italia. Here we go. We got a nice little atmosphere here. We do have a nice little atmosphere. Feeling holly jolly. 6.42 in the a.m. We uh, passed out very early last night. I don't know why. I just fell asleep. I did one of those on the couch. <laughs> just as football was starting. Yeah, just as football was starting. And um, now uh, that when that happens, then I wake up at ridiculous hours. Correct. So raring to go at about 5, 5.30 this morning and had our cappuccinos properly caffeinated and ready to share with you guys a bit of what we've been up to because finally we have some uh, new content. <laughs> we got out of the house. We got out of that. That is true. I know. It's been like, okay, the same stories as the past 10 years. Work, work, work. So once the house is all put away and ready to go and all the well issues and, <laughs> and pumps are fixed and the... Uh, um, uh, yeah, the wood is stacked. Yeah, all of that, everything, all the all the outdoor stuffs put away. Like we got the house put away for the winter, and it was like, all right, we, let's get out of here. So we took, we decided that um, we would do more of a staycation and stay in Italy. We tend to leave, <laughs> and this time we thought, listen, this is part of why we got the caddy. Not and podcast listeners who don't know, that is not a Cadillac. <laughs> that is a sweet delivery van. <laughs> and, but the idea was great. We can travel within Italy or um, take road trips in Europe and get stuff, put it in the car, get wine or whatever, and have space to bring it back versus just always having a small car. Anyway, we decided let's go up to Bolzano to the north where we hadn't been since our honeymoon, really. Um, gosh, going on a long time ago now. <laughs> and um, it was going to be the kickoff weekend of the Christmas market. So let's let's back it up. And All for right. people who aren't familiar with Bolzano, sure. uh, where are we talking here? So Bolzano is, if you are taking the road from us and you'd go up the coast, we would then head towards Bologna, past Bologna to Modena. And just past Modena, you can start going due north, heading towards Verona, and then Verona straight on north. Past Lago di Garda. Past Lago di Garda, and, which we did drive by. Eh, non un gran che, well, no, but it no, was no. close. Give, give Lago di Garda. <laughs> Lago di Garda is beautiful, but we drove through at 8.30 in the morning on if, a Sunday. I know, on a Sunday morning. Everything, it was totally closed up in uh, the end of November. Yeah, I don't so, know what you expected. <laughs> nothing, I know, but I was like, they did have some insane um, amusement park that was like um, Gardaland. Gardaland. And I'd always right. heard of it, but I was like, oh my God, there it is. Um, anyway, we kept going up north and our main, our first stop was past Trento up to Bolzano. And Bolzano, this is really like the frontier of the... Um, Trentino Alto Adige, or or you could call it Sudtrio. It's confusing. There's a lot of different names, and it's a it's this it's is, Italy, but it's not Italy up there. So we learned that Trento, just south of Bolzano, or just north of Verona, um, kind of a halfway point, if you will. Um, that was like the last Italian frontier. Yeah, yeah. Meaning we don't, up we north of here. We kind of, as usual, don't know what we're talking about. No, we didn't but, research uh, <laughs> the history of what it is. But from talking to Gaggi, which is our source for everything, Trento was 
kind the of line. the line. And then north of there had been Austrian German. And so once you get north of Trento, the road signs all have both and everything in Italian and in German. It starts to get a little confusing. Um, and when you start talking to people, it's pretty much German first language for the most part. Absolutely. Especially um, Balzano. And then when you start getting up into the... So Balzano sits down in a valley surrounded by the uh, foothill. We... It's really the foothills. Yeah, the because Bolzano is actually, shockingly, at a really low altitude. Yeah, like 200 and something meters. I know. We thought we were going, but no, it's not. <laughs> Everything around it is, you know. As soon as you get out of town and you start climbing to the next village up, you're at um, 850 meters, 1,250 meters. So it just climbs just dramatically. dramatically. <laughs> but um, the town itself, exactly, is sat um, sits down in this valley. So especially when you get up into the little villages above Bolzano, um, German is first language for everyone, but their Italian up there is not. I was sh- I was shocked. It's I know not, we sounded pretty good. Yeah, our it's Italian, like our is Italian like... stinks. And <laughs> it's better than so. I don't understand. They're it's all German. Their first language is German. We asked everyone what is those in school. What is taught? And it's German first. Or they go to an Italian school. Which I thought was interesting. Gaji um, was definitely had something to say about it as well and said, oh, yeah, you go up there and they'll they'll tell you they like to tell you they don't speak Italian. But as soon as you call one of them a stronzo, which is an asshole, they sure know what that means. Classic Gaji. So it's a little bit. It is a little confusing. Um, the food is all the food, the architecture, the the culture is all German. So the exactly the language is a bit of this is confusing. However, the architecture, the food, it's this great blended mix where you'll have some pastas and things, but then the sauce is more something totally unitalian um and, and then you've got the heavy meats and the goulash and they're uh, they'll call it a salami but it's not no. it's, it's more also, of a brat it's also interesting to see the german influence and then the italian influence on the way the architecture of the of the town so downtown bolzano looks like a german village mm-hmm. but you can go to the part of town where we stayed the greek greece greece maybe i don't know we walked it every day it's a, a kilometer and a half outside the city the the historic city center um very italian looking with the arches and it's like oh this looks italy it looked like that was the italian neighborhood <laughs> And you, it just felt like, oh, this was after World War II. This is definitely the Italian zone up here. Um, but, the, yeah, it was just really interesting to have that mix. And, of course, as we got closer and closer to the border um, of Austria, then you've got um, – we went to Bresinone and then Vipiteno, which is just two towns away from the border. And a town, the next town up is um, Brennero, which mm-hmm. is then the pass to Innsbruck. So – um, it felt like getting out of Italy by staying, but we stayed in Italy. It's a five and a half hour drive and you are in a different country. So not only, well, we were starting to talk about the food, the food, the breads obviously have, go ahead. The breads have rye in them and this different herb that they put in there. This, this herb you only find up in the Alps. So it gives it a particular taste. They put seeds on everything. It's just totally different. We went to a, one of the oldest mills of Bolzano. Yeah, I got a bunch of rye berry. I got all these grains. It was, just, it was an you incredible got like 30 place. 30 kilo of grains. It's this incredible <laughs> place where you just walk in and it's just sacks of everything and you can either get it sfuso loose or you can buy, you know, they have 25 kilo sacks. Well, I don't need 25 kilos. No, and thanks to our neighbors, Carolyn and Luke, they have a stone mill Mm -hmm. that you can use um so he was able to get it all 
unground and, um, you know, which makes it last longer. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course we stopped at the grocery stores to get like pickles and cornichons yeah, and, and mustards and, and sauerkraut and things like that. Also, when you're driving around up there, you see the um, milk being ready to be picked up on the side of the road. And it's these huge, how many liters are these? They were all different sizes, but they were, they had to be pulled by a tractor. Some yeah. of them had to be pulled these by a tractor. massive canisters. Of that stainless, holds- that, uh, stainless steel canisters. And some of them have um, little like jackets on them to keep, keep the milk warm. Um, and the milkman, the, this big milk truck comes around. We saw it every morning driving up and down these huge, these really uh, <laughs> unbelievable crazy roads. I mean, the roads are kept in prestige. They're so much nicer than around <laughs> here. Um, they're just the, there's no holes in them. It's the asphalt's perfect, but I can only imagine in the winter. But uh, they climb these alpine roads to go pick up the milk every morning. It's stunning, and you just see the. It's I love that. First of all, we're huge milk drinkers, <laughs> but I love the quaintness of seeing all the yeah, just the milk canisters on the side of the road. And canisters, the wrong word. Massive. Um, no, they weren't massive. Well, but huge. A canister sounds like I'm talking about like I two would call little it a liters. Cistern. Sister, and there you go. Um, with just these incredible views looking out. I, it's one of my favorite things to see up there. However, we were still not impressed with the butter compared to France. Mm, you sound a little oh, butter snob. Well, you've gotten me onto butter. I was never a huge butter guy, but uh, I don't know. They, it, the milk was excellent, but. Um, no, the butter. And the better. cheese from the cow's milk cheese is so great. Oh, yeah, we've got a giant. We went, we were trying to find a Fushiani. Um, uh, podcast faithful no Fushiani's like um the meat and cheese warehouse where you guy. get all the art he's, he's the, guy. the guy he's the guy of our area we kind of found one we it was a little too fancy to be a Fushiani mm-hmm. like it was you know glass refrigerators and very shishi but um we got bunker cheese cas so tell them what bunker cheese is so, <laughs> she um, just kept saying oh this cheese is bunker so this place like Fushiani Fushiani just ages it in the warehouse on wood they w- bought a bunker from World War II an old bunker and they use it up to, in the hills up in God only knows where uh, they, she said where it was I don't know where. and she said we were not allowed to no, go no we're not allowed to go. <laughs> Um, where they age the different cheeses, and these are all cow's milk cheeses, and they're much more Austrian, German kind of taste. It's totally different, which is great because um, pecorino, pecorino is wonderful. We love pecorino, but it's nice to get something. And we got two different half wheels, but can you say how much um, they were they weighed? Because a half a wheel in our area of pecorino weighs what? Um, our pecorino usually goes like the whole thing goes maybe a kilo eight to up to two and a half, two kilo. Two so Jason something. walks in and is like, I'm looking for some whole wheels of cheese, like some whole forms. Well, so you knew it would be a little huge. bit bigger, but then they but then, pull them out. Yeah, some of them are are not Parmesan or Reggiano size, but they're, you know, 15 kilos. <laughs> we got <laughs> some of a big difference. Yeah, yeah, We didn't get 15. No. So we got, there was t- some of the nicer ones are obviously smaller. So um, I think. The wheels, we got a half a wheel of each, and one was like three kilo, and the other was like three point something. For so, the half? For the half kilo. Mm-hmm. So like eight kilo. That's a bell seven, seven something for the for the whole wheel. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice wheel of cheese, it but is. it's not like the Dutch cheeses that are giant, giant. No, and there's no rind. It's still naturally aged yeah, yeah. and all of that, but that was really great. Um, so we, got, so we uh, brought a bunch of that home and, you know, Cut it up and passed some of it around. God, God, the Godster is not into it. Um, do you want to talk about the markets itself? Because oh, the uh, so actual, the main, so yeah, the, the whole ma- idea was going to see the Christmas market. Absolutely, and um, 
the Christmas market op- – we went for the opening day, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So what it goes on up there is um, on this hole between um, Bolzano and Cortina over on the Dolomite side, a bit more to the east, up in through Germany and Austria, um, there's – Obviously, the famous Christmas markets of Europe. Well, these northern ones in Italy are the most famous in Italy. And um, so that was the whole idea. Let's go and have this real holly jolly um, Christmas market experience and hop around to them and um, through to the towns visiting the markets. And wonderfully, the Christmas markets, once they open, they're open every day. So it's not something you only can do on the weekends. It could be Tuesday at 11 a.m. and you're in another town for another market. So we thought this will be a fun excuse to kind of putter around the area. Um, It was great to see uh, these towns. And the Bolzano was just over the top. The amount of Christmas trees they used just to decorate the town was... I was in awe. I couldn't get over going, how many freaking trees? There's trees everywhere. Everything decorated. The lights. We don't get that in our area. So I loved it. But the actual Christmas markets themselves, after you start going to one or two of them, it starts to feel like there was a Christmas market kit you could order. You know? And I don't mean to like poo-poo it, but... It felt like you started to see the same stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And the smaller ones when you get up out of the cities was more handmade mm-hmm. people stuff. But it was then handmade versions of whatever the kind of mass-produced stuff was down in the valley. So it w- But it was still fun to get – we have so many damn mugs. So <laughs> at all of these markets, when you get a beer or you get a spiced cider or hard – or um, The spiced war- wine. The, the- glug wine, they give you a real – glass either stein or glass or a real mug to drink it in because you're an adult <laughs> you um, don't have to have a, a plastic cup. cup the catch is you pay a deposit it's like two euro fifty or whatever it is and if you want to keep the mug great if you want your 250 back you just bring it up when you're done um of course we kept them all but when you go to all these markets we have a nice little collection we got a nice little collection of christmas mugs. A- after a while i was like ash ash how many more of these mugs do we need all right basta <laughs> um one of the best little markets we went to was we took a cable car or a funivia from bolzano to oberbox ober bolzano which is like above bolzano um obviously i guess it's about a 12 kilometer um, climb. climb on the cable car which was just beautiful and because it's the end of november and everything's kind of been late this year the colors were still fantastic we um you go over vines i wouldn't call them fantastic no but it was it was still there was colors it was lovely and um up there is like a little teeny tiny piobico town is Mm -hmm. where you get let off and there was a a cool little train that you could take to another teeny tiny village for another market, but we stayed in this one. And this is where you got the grandmas who made the ornaments and the yeah, got- local kids were sitting outside making wreaths together and that we it were was like, much quieter. Yeah. And now that we're country folk out here, we're like, all right, this is where we would stay next time. Stay in this little outside of the main village and just take the cable car down. Mm-hmm. Also, we enjoyed that area because the night before we went to the hockey game. Yeah, they 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 have ice hockey up up there. The uh, it's called the um Al, the Alps League. What, yeah, what was it? I think Alp it was League? called the Alps League. Or, okay. Yeah, the Alps League. And um, it's professional, but not NHL, like not the big time ones. And we went to the kind of minor league one because the Bolzano team was out of town, and so, they're the bigger ones. Yeah, so we stayed up in, above Bolzano, and it was great. It was like going to a um, 
minor league baseball game or something like the whole town comes out and people have the flags there's one guy with the drums Mm -hmm. it was fun uh freezing froze Froze. totally But there was a good turnout, like, and you had, you know, a quarter way through the high school girls all show up and it was the little, you know, the kids in the under 15 league are all there early with their jerseys on. And I love that Um, stuff. Their sports complex was absolutely like Olympic level professional. So it's called the written arena. And, um, it's in this town that's called written slash Renan. Renan. And, um... The Written Arena has the world's fastest speed skating track um, outside, and it's because the altitude's at like 1250. It's a really long straightaway, and we watched some, I'm guessing, pretty much Olympic hopefuls out there. They were (laughs) training. They were moving. and They have a frozen pond. They have beautiful uh, football pitches. They have uh, a Olympic, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful, they have an indoor hockey rink. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. And I want to go back. Jason thinks it's probably hysterical too, but um, in February, they do a pond hockey tournament and that looked like a blast. I'm not even into hockey really. I I mean, it's fun, but um, I was like, oh man, I'd go back for that just to see it. Um, But it was really fun to get out. And something else that we did was we... So we were in Bolzano for two nights and then we headed up to Bressanone, just north of there. And um, we took a woodworking class and carving wood carving sorry wood carving workshop and there was another couple there with us and uh thankfully he spoke a little italian mainly german again spoke some italian uh no english and how dare he no 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 just people if they were curious um and for like four hours we yeah. tried well, we tried. We did our best. <laughs> we butchered a piece of wood and he cleaned it up. And then exactly. we butchered it and he cleaned it up. But it was really fun. Um, and it was just nice to be up there in this beautiful little workshop with the windows looking over the, the out. Like everyone has – here. okay, another thing. Everyone keeps their houses much warmer than so we're used warm. to. Around here, you keep it colder to keep the bodies alive, like bodies <laughs> preserved. I don't know. But around here, you walk into someone's home. We've talked about this before. And you'll heat the, – the ambient temperature of rooms was much warmer there oh, than yeah. it is around here. I don't know if it's just the access to wood as well but or how they heat those places. But, yeah, it was sick. How did I get there? Oh. The because, woodworking uh, guy. The woodworking. And everyone has beautiful big windows, of course, because you want to see the mountains. But um, And gorgeous barns. Yeah. Cool. <sighs> I have really barn cool envy. Barns. We don't have any barn, let alone a big, beautiful barn like that. I was like, oh, my God. Um, and the guy was just great super patient and yes he helped us a lot it was really fun and jason made a pig i made a roostino a little rooster and um they're up you carve it into a flat a flat board of wood Mm -hmm. not like um a rooster like a statue no bravo um but I was, like, gripping that thing way too hard, the mallet and stuff. <laughs> my arms were killing me, my neck the next day. And I was like, Jason, are you sore? And he was like, no, why? I said, from the woodworking thing. And he goes, were you gripping the hell out of it? And I was like, of course I was. Why? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, but just a fun experience. So highly recommend it. If anyone's interested, sh- Shoot me an email. And then let's see. Wrapping this up because no one really – this is getting bored of our own story. The, Why? The last thing we – the last night or two nights, we tried something new and we went to a – one of these um, 
not a spa resort. What is it? That's what, what they call. It? Oh, well, this, they called it a wellness. A wellness center. We're not wellness center people. Never no. been to a wellness center, but I gotta say, I liked it a lot. <laughs> This is um, – they have their – it's all about the natural waters and it's about the Germans love saunas and steam baths and the spa and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's primarily what it was and they had beautiful facilities to do this and that's what you do here. You walk around all day in a freaking robe and slippies and you just – Go into the sauna and go into this uh, steam room and swim in their six different pools that one had a, never been to a pool that had a door that you hit a button and you can then go outside into the outdoor pool. That's I couldn't all- figure out the button. <laughs> But that was incredible. You're skipping the hugest. Yeah. So, um, so before we got there, yeah. Before Ashley's in the car reading about this kind of uh, the details as we're driving up the hill, and it's like, huh? German spa rules apply, and it's like, oh, well, let's Google what that means. What is German spa rules? And it turns out it's not that big of a deal. It just means it's co-ed, and everyone goes into the spa nude, and you can go Google why they do that. It's because I don't. There's many different. That's just what they do. Get over it. It's not that big. Wait, what did they say? There was no. Textile, textile free zone. Yes, <laughs> it's like all right, um, but it's not what you think. It's not just everyone walking around naked. It's that um, before you step into the sauna, you hang up your bathrobe and your slippies, and then you just grab go your s- towel, grab your towel, lay the towel down, and you sit in the sauna, and it's not weird at all. No, and especially because. All of these uh, saunas, steam rooms have one huge glass window looking out onto the Alps. So you just stare out at the gorgeous um, nature in front of you, and it's not weird. It was really relaxing, and Jason was totally into it. It was hysterical because he was like, this one's a little too yoga-esque of a crowd. Uh, No offense to any yogis out there, but it's like the food was okay, but – and there were no real fatties. <laughs> you wanted to see the fatties. I, well, not that I want to see them, but I want to feel better. And um, <laughs> everyone was fit. No, this one but, was um, very much. He was like, the- I want to find the log, like the lodge version, the hunter's version of this, where it's like. Then afterwards, they all drink beer steins out in the um, ice cold, uh, you know, sit in the snow and drink their beer. Um, this one was a little posher, or yeah, I guess wellness yoga is a better way to yeah. say it. But it was great. And then certain times of the day, they have the Alfgas, which is you all meet uh, at a certain time. And then you all go in together and they do these um, different – there's a guy like almost like a – I don't even know the name of this person. I don't know. He's like the towel master. He's the towel master. And um, they put different um, smells or oils oils onto the thing. And it just – you breathe in and you feel it in your lungs. It's you feel incredible. And he, mo- he like dances around. He wears a, t- he wears a robe. <laughs> so that's not so weird to put that visual in your mind, but he kind of like dances around the room and like waves this towel around. So it makes it hotter and then he makes it hotter in there, but then he moves the air around with the towel and the smells and stuff. And, um, it was a great time. You feel, I felt super relaxed, real limber. It's mm-hmm. like, you don't feel like tin man squeaky anymore well no and after that last podcast we told you guys how oh yeah we're riddled we're all with injuries <laughs> so it was needed so i'll definitely do that again highly recommend it if you're in austria Ger- germany i i don't know if they do it it's they do it in turkey too if we were in russia they would have beaten us with sticks no with those, thank you with those bushes I, well, know. I don't know what that is eucalyptus probably i probably yeah no flogging for me no um but we have been remiss to say the best part of the trip because this is the border 
because this is uh, up in the Alps, because we don't know why, but they loved Christmas trees and they were basically giving them away up there. <laughs> it is so difficult for us to find Christmas trees here and we've tried to chop our own down before. We've had like juniper bushes as Christmas trees. I've gone into the, into the Vivayo, uh, into the nursery trying to order one and they say, yeah, we'll send you a live 250 centimeter tree. For 500 euro. <laughs> so... It ended up that we found the motherland, and at the freaking hardware store, they're giving them away. At the um, nurseries, they have every um, height and different types, and it was just, oh my god, we came home with not one, but two Christmas trees. Gaji's so highly offended. (laughs) But we are getting our holly jolly on, and now we will always go back up there for a Christmas tree. Yeah, they just don't make them down this far. If you can find around, they're not, they're kind of more and more every year, but they're what I like to call shit breather Christmas trees. They are shit breathers. They're tiny, they're wonky. It's not even like a cool Charlie Brown Christmas tree. It's just like, eh. For way too much for like 50 bucks. Eh. Um, and even more impressive were the Christmas tree stands. Can you explain this? Because- I can't. We'll have to put it. <laughs> so they have one type and it's the hardcore Christmas tree. No more screwing the little post thing to get it to stay straight. Oh, no. This has a foot pedal. It's beefy. It's made with metal. Um, it has like three claws and a suspension. It's got – yeah, it's got – Four claws? Three or four. Four claws. claws And that open up, and then you put the tree in, you hold it straight, crank down the foot pedal, and it has a um, metal wire that kind of cinches it all in with like a come-along kind of thing. It's the best Christmas tree. Within like three seconds, doot, 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 it's set. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, this thing's awesome. For like 25 bucks. It's also got a water. They just do it better. They do it better, though. Uh, it's got a water little gauge, so when the tree is low on water, the little like a turkey baster kind of thing. <laughs> uh, oh, not turkey baster, sorry. The turkey thermometer for Thanksgiving, where the thing pops out and uh-huh. goes down. Um, so it's we're all set. I'm highly impressed with the Christmas tree stand. I'm not sure why they are just not available in our area, and oh man, we are loving it. Well, you wouldn't need that stand for the trees they have in our area. True. Normal in past years, we've just taken two pieces of wood and done the like Jamesy X. Yep, or they're live, or they're live trees mm-hmm. and you put them in a pot. Yep, that's normally been what it is. Um, so we have had a great festive last week. Um, Thanksgiving wasn't anything for us out here this year, so we made up for it the following week. And God, we still now have a bunch of stuff coming up. The 7th of December in Gubbio, the Christmas tree lighting, which is like this huge, massive tree that they light, um, like the design of a tree up the Apeony, up the wall of the Apeonies, um, is going to be lit by the, there's going to be like a flyby. I'm not exactly sure. The Italian (laughs) Air Force has, um, they're like, um, acrobatic team kind of like the blue angels yeah, and they're gonna do i don't know i gotta read about it i don't know if they're gonna fly by and light the tree or if they're going to have a static display i'm really hoping they have one just kind of sitting there jason he was like how do you think this is gonna happen and i was like they're gonna fly by and as they fly by the tree will light up and he was like you don't think there'll be one there <laughs> no i i don't honestly you never, know. you never know it's just like michelle with the uh blue angels landing on the columbia tower club for lunch <laughs> how are they gonna land on the roof 
Oh my gosh. And then comes the season of the living nativity scenes, which we've never been invited back to participate in, but, um, we will definitely be going to check out the one in Piobico as usual. And it's, it's, uh, it's really around here. It's moving wood, planning to the garden and stuff for next year. It's, it's next year. We don't have any real big projects. Thank goodness this year. I know. Hopefully that um, cistern, our water was the, the pump was the only big one we had. God willing. (laughs) From your mouth to God's ears. Well, we'll keep you guys posted on what's going on for the rest of December. um, We'll do another podcast as it gets a bit closer um, to Christmas. Absolutely. Oh, and for next year, the whole house bookings. Exactly. Make sure to, um, if you want to take over the farmhouse uh, with your friends, family, Shoot us an email, info at Latavola Marque, or check out on the website. There's a short Q&A that you can fill out, and then I can send you a custom proposal for whatever it is you would like to do. Um, Also, May, June, and September, we have our cooking workshops on Made in Italy and the basics of the Italian kitchen with a whole bunch of classes, market trips, wine tours, all of that. Check it out on the site, www.latavolamarque.com, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R. C-H-E and Buon Natale happy holidays to all of you until next time ciao ciao Sentire Media Hey podcast producers and show hosts Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.